the way we usually communicate about feelings in the English language doesn't really convey emotional autonomy or agency, and therefore, it doesn't create healthy and mature relationships. In fact, we tend to communicate feelings in a way that creates codependent relationships. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Welcome to the Language Alchemy Podcast, and thank you for joining me today. This is your host, Alejandra Siroca, a transformative communication teacher and coach devoted to helping you have more peace and more harmony in all your relationships. Welcome to part six of the Communicating Feeling series. This is the last episode of the series. And I have to share this with you. When I intended to do this series, I was thinking of maybe, I don't know, like two or three episodes total. But then people started emailing me, asking me questions on social media about how to communicate feelings. And so I had to reorganize myself and include episodes on various aspects of communicating feelings. And I really want to thank all of you who gave me feedback about how the podcast series supported you in raising your awareness about communicating feelings. Like Tamara, who shared how much she and her boyfriend were learning from the series as they were listening to the series together. And I want to thank all of you who either wrote to me or used the languagealchemy.com forward slash podcast question to ask me clarifying questions. As usual, I took your comments, feedback, and questions into account and added more episodes to the series. I'm doing this podcast for you, and when you share your feedback, your questions, your comments, you're a co-creator of the podcast, and you are listening to the podcast alongside thousands of people in 30 countries in the world. When you co-create the podcast with me, you are also contributing to thousands of listeners who, like you, are probably wondering something similar. So keep it coming. Keep going to languagealchemy.com forward slash podcast question. Keep reading the brief stories I sent you in the newsletters on a weekly basis and emailing me back and keep going on social media and sending me direct messages. And if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time, I want to express my warm welcome to you. Okay, let's get to this episode. As I just mentioned, this is the last episode of the Communicating Feeling series. If you've missed one, let me quickly share what we've talked about. We talked about what feelings are and where to find them in episode 55, why they're hard to communicate in episode 56, how we react to feelings when we find them uncomfortable in episode 57, how our relationships are impacted when we don't communicate our feelings, that was in episode 58, and how to communicate feelings mindfully, and that was in episode 59. In this last episode of the series, we're going to talk about how we communicate emotional autonomy which is essential for healthy and mature relationships. 
And I want to warn you that this episode may elicit some pushback in the beginning. So listen to the very end. Let's dive in. One of the fundamental language alchemy principles is that our words create our worlds. We're constantly giving shape to our world, our relationships, and our lives with the use of our language. Here's a quick example. Consider a relationship in which you have a mutual sense of respect, warmth, and equality. So neither you nor the other person has a greater sense of power or authority over the other. You are two equal, developmentally mature individuals. So you may think of a partner, a cherished friend, or a close sibling. Now, think about how that person addresses you. Recall the word or the words that they use to address you. And I bet that as you were thinking about the words this person uses to address you, perhaps you found words or terms of endearment that let you know that these wonderful values of equality, respect, or warmth exist in your relationship. Now let's do the opposite. Shift your attention to another relationship, one in which there's a power dynamic in which you are not equal, or one in which you sense the other person doesn't respect you, or there's no much friendliness or warmth. Perhaps you have the experience that even though you're both adults, the other person treats you like a child. And now, remember how that person addresses you. What do they call you? What words do they use? In this case, maybe you just remembered this person doesn't address you by your name. Or perhaps they mispronounce your name even though you have asked repeatedly for them to pronounce it differently. Or maybe they give you a nickname that you don't like or even address you by giving you negative labels like mean, control freak, needy, etc. If you just did this brief exploration with me, you can understand that by just the words someone uses to address you, they're shaping the kind of relationship they have with you. And just by the language you hear when you are addressed, that language shapes the kind of relationship you have with that person. Yes, our language shapes our experiences, our lives, our relationships. The question now is, how do we use our language to communicate emotional autonomy? The topic of this episode, we could also call it emotional agency which is essential for healthy and mature relationships. How do we do that? Because we're all constantly having feelings. And as I shared in previous episodes of this series, because we're constantly having feelings, we do use our language to communicate our feelings. But do we use it in a way that communicates emotional autonomy or emotional agency and therefore creates healthy and mature relationships? Uh, in my experience, not yet. The way we usually communicate about feelings in the English language doesn't really convey emotional autonomy or agency, and therefore, it doesn't create healthy and mature relationships. In fact, we tend to communicate feelings in a way that creates codependent relationships. 
Codependency is a term that comes from AA, from Alcoholic Anonymous, and it evolved a great deal over the last three decades. According to Mental Health America, codependency is an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy and mutually satisfying relationship. It is also known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided. The online version of the Merriam-Webster Dictionary says that codependency is a psychological condition or a relationship in which a person manifesting low self-esteem and a strong desire for approval has an unhealthy attachment to another person. Now, how do we communicate our feelings in a way that creates codependency, that creates that unhealthy attachment, that one-sided relationship that affects our ability to have a healthy, mature, and mutually satisfying relationship? Well, we do that by using the word make before the feeling word. For example, we say things like, she makes me angry, you make me sad, they make me happy. Now, let's think about this. When we say, she makes me angry, I am describing that my experience of feeling anger depends on her, another person, not me. So I'm attaching my experience of anger to another. If I say to you, you make me sad, then my experience of sadness depends on you. I'm implying that you are the generator of my sadness. And that makes you a very powerful person and it makes our relationship imbalanced. I don't have much power because since you are the generator of my feelings, I'm at your mercy. If we say, they make me happy, an expression I hear a lot from clients who are parents when they talk about their children, then the experience of happiness depends on their children. And that's a tall order for children. When we use language in this way, the word make plus a feeling word, what we are saying is, number one, our feelings depend on another person and are generated by another person. Number two, our feelings are at the mercy of another person, so they can change our feelings. Number three, if we don't like what we're feeling or if what we're feeling is not serving us in the moment, then it is the other person's responsibility to do something about it because we have no emotional autonomy, no emotional agency, no emotional maturity. So number four, we can't do anything about our experience because it's not up to us. And wow, that is a heavy burden to impose on others. For others to be responsible for what we feel. And it also keeps us in a dependent position in which we have little to no agency, no autonomy. Just like when we were children and we depended on others for pretty much everything. This language is so prevalent that we have it all around us, like in famous songs. You know that song, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, that Aretha Franklin made famous in the 60s? Well, there you have it, the word make plus feelings. We also hear it in wedding vows, when 
one spouse to be swears to the other, I am going to make you happy. We even hear it from incredibly wise people. For example, there's a well-known quote by writer Maya Angelou, someone I admire a lot. And this quote says, and you may have heard it, people will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I have many students and clients who are psychotherapists or are studying to be a psychotherapist. And when we work together, I teach them to be really aware and distinguish between the question, how does that make you feel versus how do you feel? Because whether we're making a statement such as she makes me angry or asking a question, how does she make you feel? Using the word make and then a feeling word presupposes that it is others who have this power over you to create your experience. And this creates one-sided relationships, relationships that are not mature, that are not healthy, that are not satisfying. I could go on and on about this. Yet, what I want to offer to you in this episode is that when you communicate your feelings, you now know that you can communicate them in a way that creates unhealthy codependent relationships, or you can use your language to communicate your feelings in a way that conveys that you have emotional autonomy, emotional agency, that your relationship is healthy and mature, no matter what feelings you're experiencing and communicating. And Since I am sure that after listening to this podcast series on communicating feelings, you know that you are the one generating, the one having, and the one experiencing your feelings, you are the author and agent of your feelings. So instead of saying something like, she makes me angry, notice how much more autonomy, agency, and authority you have when you say, when she doesn't text me back right away, I feel angry. When you say simply, I feel angry without the word make, you are communicating in a way that reflects you have complete authority of your experience. And if you have complete authority, you have agency and you can do something about it. Or instead of you make me sad, notice how different it is for you to hear, I felt sad that my birthday came and went and I didn't hear from you. Now, if I were to say something like this to you, I have more agency about my own feeling of sadness and how it's related to the kind of closeness that I would like to have with you. Or instead of saying, they make me happy, if you said something like, I feel happy that I spend the afternoon playing with my children, then you are noticing what's happening inside of you when you do something you enjoy doing like spending time with the people you love. And your happiness doesn't depend on them, on your children. Spending the afternoon playing with your children is another instance of happiness. So when your children grow and become more independent, you can still have the experience of happiness because your happiness is not dependent on them. And oh, that would create such a healthy and mature relationship with your children. So 
as you communicate your feelings, now you have this awareness that you get to choose how to express them based on the kind of relationships you want to create. My hope is that your choice is not based on whether you're saying the right thing versus the wrong thing, but that you are anchoring yourself in the language alchemy principle that your words create your world. If you want to have emotional authority, autonomy, agency, and have healthy relationships, then remove the word make when you talk about your feelings. Now, let's recap what you've heard in this episode. First, I give you a synopsis of the episodes of the Communicating Feeling series. Then, I talked about the language alchemy principle that our words create our worlds. After that, I shared examples of how we use language to communicate feelings in a way that creates emotional codependence and illustrated how you could communicate the same feelings in a way that creates emotional autonomy, emotional agency, and emotional maturity. And then I reminded you that you get to choose how to communicate your feelings so that you can experience emotional agency and healthy relationships. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and to the whole series. And once again, thank you for your feedback, your DMs, your emails, your questions. Thank you for co-creating the Language Alchemy podcast with me. May you communicate your feelings with emotional agency and co-create mature and healthy relationships. And remember, if you would like me to address a specific topic, go to languagealchemy.com forward slash podcast question and tell me what you'd like to hear in the Language Alchemy podcast. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapau. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com.